Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light, and I want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at ResonantTruth.com. Today on the Zolkin Count is called Blue Magnetic Eagle, and it is the first day of the Blue Eagle Wave Spell. And it is the Rhythmic Moon, Day 27. And I've been off air the entire Rhythmic Moon. I didn't really have a plan to come back. But I am coming back in, in, a, in a bridge way. I'm planning to change my format just to give myself something interesting to explore. But I am not at all clear on how to use the formats I'm trying to change to. And so I wanted to kind of, as I said, create a bridge where I'm still in my old exclusively podcast presentation, but I'm sort of lubricating my voice and my mystical uh, refrains so that I can be proficient when I'm, I don't know, just making kind of a new effort, a renewed effort to engage with the public, um, and you are the public <laughs> in this explanation, not people beyond you, but just anyone who's not inside my home. Uh, yeah, I just want to have more skill at doing that. Things got really, really raw and also in a rut. Um, I guess we would call it this last fall. And I'm really done renovating my house. It's not totally done, but I'm done <laughs> renovating it for right now. I'm in the California storms where it's impossible to keep working and I don't care. And my living spaces are beautiful and complete. So thanks for the people that have tracked along with me through, it was two years of renovation thinking at the outset, it would be like 260 days, you know, one nice sulkin tour and the house would be done. It was so much longer and it really took a lot out of me in terms of my energy levels. And also, I, I live somewhere less mystical. So that's also been a big transit. I used to live in Santa Barbara and it's just extraordinarily connected there to spirits of place, spirits in the sky, spirit of the ocean. And I live in the Bay Area where everything is way more cerebral. It's where the tech industry dominates. So lame. Anyway, um, we made it through the rhythm moon 
separately. And the rhythmic moon, to me, it's a little bit of an unmystical experience compared to some of the other tones. The rhythmic moon is the sixth of 13 in our 13 moon year, and it's the sixth tone of any 13 tone wave spell. And the sixth tone is about ordering and organizing. I mean, the word Jose Arguelles used was to organize. And I think we can all understand the word rhythmic compared to something like overtone or self-existing. So when we get to rhythmic, we're like, oh, I got that one. I know what that means. And what it reminds me of is one of those um, things <laughs> that keeps time on a piano. Like you can set it and it keeps a rhythm for you. I know it has a name. And that that's kind of what happens when we hit the rhythmic moon is that we are set and ordered and organized to have rhythm so that we are not, you know, flip, flippy floppy all over the place and weaving and like surging and you know how people learning to drive a car or at least maybe a, a manual are going to be like, and like there's this very jilting, jolting uh, experience happening. Well, that's supposed to be erased. That kind of metaphor gets eased into something fluid and harmonious and meted out in the rhythmic moon so that we don't like race our engines and then retract. We instead just have a kind of solid rotating output of effort and energy. Now, personally, I can't connect that to the last 26 or seven days. I, I don't need to revisit it, but I just, you know, getting through what we call our holy holidays in the United States starting, I guess, at Thanksgiving, if not Halloween, which is this like long slog through um, excess and capitalism slash consumerism slash alcoholism. And it's just, uh, it doesn't really feel holy. Anyway, we just went through it. And we're also in an extreme Mercury retrograde situation, which is part of what brought me out of hiding <laughs> into view because it's just been so off the hook what the retrograde has done to the ease, the ease, quote unquote, of everyday living. Just like when everything's going to start being unreliable and everything, by that I mean technology and also communication. So we lose, we have so much dependence on technology and our cars have dependence on technology, you know, our heating systems, like we've just moved past switching things on and off, you know, circuitry, we're, we're into computerization of everything and computers are extremely vulnerable, I don't know why, to Mercury retrograde. I like I can't explain the physics of this or the magic of it. Just know that when Mercury is retrograde, the lesson seems to be that human, you know, human frailty is sort of absolutely ordained in the face of technology's failings, meaning we feel 
forlorn and disoriented and at risk because our dependence on um, technology is so great that when it when it falters, then you know it's very um, paralyzing and also just like rattling. It's rattling. So I don't equate this recent entrance into retrograde with being rhythmic at all. <laughs> to me, it's like that's those are opposing ideas. Um, so it's just an interesting and um, philosophical question, you know. Can we get rhythmic when we are using technology that doesn't really have like cycling motors and cogs? It's all digital. Can digital technology or science be rhythmic or have any, you know, relevance to this, this idea of being in rhythm? Or is it kind of devoid of a heartbeat and artificial and so it is uh, more important to be in rhythm in the rhythmic moon but also like really illustrates how difficult and different we've become from like an indigenous perspective on time or being uh yeah I wasn't thinking about any of that until I just talked about it and it's kind of overwhelming <laughs> I mean, think about if you're old, if you're old like me, um, there was a time when there were like, there's some LPs and there were some cassettes. The cassettes don't seem like great musical technology in retrospect, but what seemed really awful to us cassette listeners in that time was when everything went to CD and became digital. And it, it's been really funny, haha, that when everything went from CD straight to computer storage, and we don't have discs anymore, but we're listening to music digitally, always, um, nobody's freaking out about it anymore. We've been indoctrinated. And of course, getting out an old LP is wonderful sonically, but that's like the whole question, like how can you be analog in your life when everything we're using is digitalized not obviously just music anymore but the phones we hold and um so how do we get rhythmic question and let's see i am also back because it's blue magnetic eagle it's the beginning of the blue eagle wave spell which is the second to last wave spell of the zolkin and I have my Mayan birthday on the fifth day of the Blue Eagle wave spell. So I'm really coming into my own rebirth. And it has been, you know, quite a ride. And uh, I just feel interested in tuning back in with you for the Blue Eagle time. I guess I feel a high proficiency of being able to live and express what the Blue Eagle tribe teaches because by being born within it, each one of us is born on a day, but also within a wave spell. And we, our Mayan birthday and our Mayan astrology is in service and in the web of the wave spell that, that holds our day. So i sitting in the attic that I built from nothing. I mean, the shape of the attic existed at the top of a two-story 
well, it is the second story, but of a old Victorian, and it was just raw, rough, um, not finished. And I finished it. I did this, and I'm totally excited about it because it's beautiful, but it's also a perch. It's an eagle view. And what I've found about what happens when you get high up is not only that you can see out over everything and be an observer to everything that exists, right? Like I always talk about the eagle as having this view of all that's going on because they're so high up. But I find that I can hide from the world up here because, you know, my view actually is of the sky or things that are quite far away. And so I'm escaping the grid, the map um, of the world or my area by being removed to this higher perch, this nest. So once I was building it and exploring that, I'm like, this is pretty cool. This is like a really ideal safe room for me to be higher up and removed. And perhaps because of my, uh, status, my stature in the blue eagle wave spell. So, I mean, I don't feel like I have to explain the Blue Eagle Wave spell a ton at the outset. It's one of the ones that translates. It To me, this tribe is all birds. Like certain of the tribes kind of hold all of what they're describing. All the reptiles. Um, all the people, yellow human. Um... So this is all the birds and it doesn't just have to be eagles where we would consider them kind of predatory in some way. It can be the little wren and robin that you see in your yard in your life. So it's not always about achieving like these lofty heights and being at a distance, but it is also the nesting that I'm describing. I'm going to talk about a couple blue eagle people that I know because it just helps me. I've been on an extreme blue eagle research run for about five years because I fell in love with a blue eagle man, but my mother is a blue eagle. So I was raised in this pretty strange and not very um, grounded experience with a blue eagle person that really put me off blue eagle like distrusted that it's like not very feeling it's detached it's in your head and professorial and not sexual or sensual you know not a yogi much more of a like conspiracy theorist and I wasn't in touch with like I'm born within this wave spell I was in touch with my mom giving birth to me in her wave spell because my mother follows this calendar and so I knew that she knew and it's almost like she's a, a literal um, narcissist and you know how perfect is that that her daughter I'm her only child would be born within her wave spell <laughs> So I'm like in service to her tribe and an extension of, you know, her being uh, just the overtone day of her wave spell. Like, I'm sure she thinks about it that way. I think that's where I kind of learned this teaching that, you know, you're in service to the wave spell that you're from. I think I learned it from her. 
but I believe it. But anyway, you know, I, I met this man and found out he was a blue eagle. He was a blue overtone eagle. So we had the overtone in common, but he really helped me heal and understand blue eagle and, em, and embrace and love blue eagle. And then, you know, the joke is that I have the most perfect beings in my life are a pair of twin bulldogs who are also blue eagles. They were born on a blue eagle day and... So I feel like, you know, he floated in to help me kind of heal and understand or detach from my original Blue Eagle upbringing. And you could see, like, Blue Eagle people are so into family. I don't mean, like, touchy-feely, like, love to see you back rub, but they're so oriented to their family. My mom is just extremely, extraordinarily black sheep and her family but never ever gives up on them and always wants to be connected and then the same is true of this man you know just like very sewn into family of origin the way that I think people in a more tribal pace or place you know collect and do things collectively in order to yeah to share an experience like not loners maybe social loners but when it comes to like a clan really really invested forever <laughs> for all time you know a lifetime is long 80 years to be into your family is a long time so I don't really know how that would play out in this wave spell but I feel really comfortable in Blue Eagle now that it isn't being hammered up into your head and scanning and analyze everything, that it can be quite illuminating and visionary and that we all need clarity to calm down sometimes. This is our time to do that. Like knowledge is power. This is a time where the knowledge comes from being able to see really clearly and not just see like physical details but see how things work see how things are put together you know to become suddenly aware in a solution oriented awareness or you're aware of a problem but you are awake to it Uh, it's only day one but and I'm not on the air because like this wave spell is the best and we all need to be together like I don't know that we can have the best wave spells when Mercury retrograde is so strident. Um, We pushed our way into the retrograde, and so now we're in the heart of it. But it's just, you know, I'm talking about things like when your phone doesn't work, but also you hurt someone's feelings when you talk to them. You know, that combo. That's It's harsh, because when technology is failing, you kind of want to reach into your old bag of tricks of being connected to a person. And then when our human connections are kind of like distraught because that's not what I meant it came out wrong or wait what did you just say or I can't even hear you like what are you saying like that's alienating and isolating so I often think of that as one of the pieces of a retrograde mercury retrograde that is where you're just like you have to capitulate to just kind of being on your own and inward and then it's pretty wonderful and you love it and then you miss it when you get pushed back out and I'm thinking of having a whole separate podcast to indulge this part of my life experience because the way I see it 
our retrogrades are about seven or eight weeks long because I feel and therefore celebrate as in endure, but notice the pre-shadow, the actual retrograde that we've stepped into for about a week now, and then the post-shadow. So the central part is usually 20 days or so, but you get, um, call that three weeks, you get like a couple weeks on each side going in and out, and that ends up being seven plus weeks. And then you get like seven or eight weeks off, and then you're back in pre-shadow of retrograde. So I kind of want to do a podcast that's just for when we have retrograde, because I really believe that we need support and affirmation and to be honest about our experience. You know, I host Airbnb, and so every time it's retrograde, I just end up in a very lighthearted way when people are like freaking out because the Wi-Fi is spotty. I'll just be like, oh, let me try to reboot the modem and and then like Google Mercury retrograde. <laughs> and I slowly evangelize everyone because they're like, oh, that makes so much sense. So uh, like what about this Blue Eagle time that matters? I think a lot of you who listen know that I tend to talk about my own life in order to illustrate a little bit of what's happening or what I perceive to be happening. And I do want to kind of have on record that, you know, I I refer to my last person um, that I was in love with, and that was sort of interrupted by COVID. So that's a long time now. But like, I'm definitely in love or partnership now and um, he's a yellow warrior so when you put our birthdays together you get blue eagle so I don't really like talking I guess about the intricacies of the relationship because it's private and he has a say but I do like talking about the intersection of Mayan birthdays and what that creates And I want to bring attention to that so that you could do the same. It doesn't have to be your romantic partner. It could be a child. It could be a parent. It could be a friend. It could be someone you want to be a romantic partner, but you're just in the exploratory phase or you're sort of sorting out whether they can even go there. But learning the intersection of your birthdays is really helpful and curious and mystical because again it doesn't make any sense that you would take two birthdays and mash them up and get another kind of Mayan totemic um, implication like what what is that (laughs) it's one thing to be born on a calendar day and kind of say well you're born on this day so you're adopting the characteristics the calendar represents energy like that seems productive. I do not know how Jose Arguel has decided, which he did, that if you take the tones of two people and their tribes and you add them together and then sort of divide by two, you will get um, this outcome. And you'll be able to say, oh, myself and these people, this person, we are this tribe and tone when you blend us together. So I, uh, my boyfriend, when you 
put us together were Blue Lunar Eagle and my dogs are Blue Lunar Eagles. So when I found that out, I was like, this is pretty cool. If <laughs> if, if we're going to be like my dogs, I think we're going to be okay. And it was meaningful because my bulldog twins are like the greatest emissaries of love and companionship I've ever encountered. So... But overall, I'm going to say, well, it's the Blue Eagle wave spell. So this is the tribe that I intersect with, with him. And I'm pretty interested in that. And to be honest, I'm feeling pretty uplifted on day one about that. And we kind of have to earn our way into our wave spell, you know. It's been, I had a really hard time when it was my antipode wave spell, Red Moon, which was the one prior to the last one. We just went through um, White Wind, and prior to that was Red Moon, and I just felt very unwanted and um, against everything. You know, wherever I went, I was uncomfortable because I felt I wasn't welcomed (laughs) because I was the opposite of the time. And then this White Wind wave spell we just passed through was very challenging because to me it represents, in a way, the shadow of white wind is the patriarchy that we're trying to overthrow. And there's just a lot of masculine paternal energy which slips into mansplaining vibes or feeling out of place. The female aspect is diminished and it is a time of sort of the absent primal male. And it just brings up a lot culturally white wind wave spell just I mean it just seems to feel flawed and like feminine rhythm and feminine expression is thwarted and I don't mean clothing I mean like caring and holding close the the feminine impulse of the womb and warmth and then the masculine impulse is the balance of that. It's everything else. There's the womb and then there's all of the space outside of it. And that's really the Mayan dichotomy, best I understand it, is red dragon is the womb and the great mother. And then white wind is the outside, the beyond that a baby is born into, the spaciousness and the aerated world that, you know, you have to be more independent and... Um, you can't be smushed up inside your dad, you know, you can't climb back from, you can't go from one inside to the other. Once you're outside the womb, you're outside. And that outside is described as a paternal space. And we just celebrated it for 13 days. But um, some of us need to be, it's winter and family time is about gathering and to kind of endure some of it or the latter half of it with this white wind energy field looked hard looked hard looked like a reckoning for men I can't think of like a bunch of specific examples but just it's like a lot to endure like men are having to have their reckoning and it reverbs all over and uh, I don't even know what it is because I'm not actually male, but I just, you know, there's like the me too intro to like, hey, no more of that stuff. It's all that disorientation that has arisen since that moment in the sand, like let's not cross this line anymore. Uh, it's 
fragmented male existence. So I think in the white wind time, you know, we have to live in the fragmentation, which, again, is a perfect mirror of uh, the retrograde feeling. I would just say, you know, we're going to step into the resonant moon. Um, I obviously have a lot of attraction to the resonant tone. That's how I named my business resonant truth. <laughs> so it means what it sounds like. It's a time of being really resonant, which means the capacity for psychic ability and feeling resonance rather than just looking at things. Face value is vast. And I'll speak more about it when I have more time and when we're in it. But it begins on Tuesday. I think that's the 10th of January. And and then, yeah, we will be moving through this Blue Eagle time. And trying to remember anything else about Blue Eagle that feels like would be helpful to know right now. Hmm. I don't know. I guess just people talk about the new year as a time of visioning, but I don't believe this is a new year. And that may have been why I also was absent I don't really care that people talk about the new Gregorian year, but every now and then, or maybe exactly at this time, I'm always like, it's so archaic and arcane. Like, it's so dumb to get excited about a number. Oh, I don't mean people are dumb. I just mean that our human advancement has been so vast, but... Um, our calendar that we all follow essentially is so arbitrary and you know it's just like it's like a, a, a broken math table that we are absolutely entrenched in so I just duck out and I don't get all positional I say like not my new year hashtag not my new year but mostly uh, return to light is happening the full moon is pretty much past. I am trying to recreate my natural time podcast to make it pulse a little bit more in excitement and color, vibrancy, after a really long time of doing it in this format and a really, really long time in doing it in any format. I'm just curious to know um, how I can uh, enhance your experience and my own. So that's what's coming in the new year, the Gregorian new year, the unrelated, but um, suddenly arrived intention setting and promise and resolve in the new Gregorian year. I feel that happening for me around my work here. Okay, well, I have, uh, I have like another minute, so I'm going to go into my bag of questions that come in from listeners. Oh, this is a perfect one. And by the way, I'm lying. I don't have any of those. <laughs> but the question that I came up with is, when is it going to get easier? I'm not asking that for myself. I just realized that someone would probably ask me that or that my friends who follow this do ask me that. And then I have to be reflective. And I think um, it's sometimes 
gets easier um, in the resonant moon and in the galactic moon. You know, we are moving through our 13 moon year and we have earned a, you know, rhythmic, um, resounding kind of holism that is presented over these three moons. A little less tortured in a way. <sighs> but I think that the truest answer is that that, that there isn't really any easy um, achievable goal anymore anymore and I mean forever <laughs> from my blue magnetic eagle viewpoint being a visionary right now I would just say I don't know that that's achievable anymore um, as if we crossed some Rubicon that I can't describe maybe it was December 21st 2012 but rather than saying when is it going to get easier and sort of think that implies like stay easier I think it will get easier as I described as we move forward and we really do see ourselves moving forward into this sort of slower and more steady part of the 13 moon year and we're supposed to have ease at the end of the Zolkin. So if you can start to see in the question that I'm answering that we're gonna carve out some ease for ourselves in this blue eagle and yellow star finale, it gets rougher and um, raw-er again when we're in the beginning of the new Zolkin. So this is the time where it's the easiest and maybe getting past the full moon and into the retrograde proper is also kind of at hand. Maybe it is getting easier. And other than that, it'll get easy and then be hard and then be easier and hard hard again. That's like life now. That's my perspective. <laughs> There's no resting place. Maybe if there wasn't a war in Ukraine, which I think really disturbs the globe on an energy field, um, things would be maybe recognizably calmer and more soothing for all of us. And um, and I'm not an augurer and I don't know the future and I just was actually really happy to think about the quality of what is ease and I think that's also changing for a lot of us and individually. Like, well, what do I mean by ease? It's I think it's very beautiful and fulfilling that for many people easier means maybe just more peace of the heart than you know everything is suddenly attainable and manifestable but rather well i just feel at peace then i got everything i wanted um i'm lisa star i'm another yourself and in my end we say in la cash <laughs> <laughs>